This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. There's Jay. <laughs> He's like, All right, enough with the chit-chat. Hello, everyone. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. That was very Charlton Thorpe-esque of him. Maybe Jake. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm Kyle Russell. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. It is January the 10th today. Yes, and uh, we're going to do some news and then do some smiles-ish. Uh, let's get into it. Kai, why don't you go first? So I will start and let us preface, let me preface this by saying that by the time you hear this in the next, I don't know how, with what frequency people listen, uh, 18, 24 hours delayed, whatever, um, this may have already become news, but I want to bring it up because number one, we haven't really talked about it. Number two, it could be a big deal. And number three, oh, by the way, cybersecurity. So mm. yesterday... The Twitter account of the Securities and Exchange Commission was hacked, which, number one, is bad enough because that obviously is the key regulator for financial markets in this economy, one of the key regulators. Um, But number two, it was hacked to put out a tweet that said that the SEC had approved what are called or what is going to be called a Bitcoin exchange traded fund. That is to say Mm. a fund sort of like a mutual fund, right, that is traded like a stock on an exchange in which you can trade on Bitcoin, right? It was erroneously sent out yesterday. The SEC is expected to vote probably to approve a Bitcoin ETF soon-ish, maybe today, maybe this week. But yesterday, it did not happen for real. And yet, Bitcoin spiked, many billions of dollars changed hands, not really great. Hmm. So so that's problem number one. Problem number two is, and I am, and I've said this on the radio and I've said this on this podcast, I'm a crypto skeptic. It is not real money. It will not be real money for quite a while. And it is right now a deeply, deeply speculative instrument. So what the SEC is mm-hmm. probably going to do in exchanging, in approving an exchange-traded Bitcoin fund is let regular investors, uh, maybe with not a whole lot of money, but maybe some of them do, um, get mm-hmm. in on Bitcoin, which, okay, but be ready to lose your money because Bitcoin is still a deeply, deeply speculative instrument. Um, so that's in the wind. It's going to happen probably. And just caveat emptor. That's all I want to say. Yeah, just be careful out there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've done a couple shows on Bitcoin-related mm-hmm. things and, you know, like like we said before, you know, if it if <laughs> not not to like boost our own egos, but if reasonably intelligent people yes, no, who totally. pay attention to the yes. economy all the time can't really make sense of it. It's like make sure that you really, 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 really understand what you're doing before you get Please. involved. Please. That that is that that's all I'm asking. That's yep. all I'm asking. Same, 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 same. What about you? Okay, my news is is about the oh so exciting world of state budgets. So, <laughs> way to sell it. <laughs> Early in the pandemic, I was very very concerned about uh, state budget revenues because mm. with so many people um, 
staying home. So many more people, obviously not all people, not even the majority of people, to be honest. But anyway, with lots more people staying home, a lot, a lot less spending, state tax revenues took a huge hit from sort of day to day going about their business. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, the states handle so many social services that people are really going to need. What's going to happen? Well, because there was a Supreme Court ruling a couple of years before the I think it was like a year before the pandemic, saying that states had the right to collect sales tax on yep. online yep. Um, transactions from like Amazon sales and such like that, that really saved them. So all that online shopping that we did during the pandemic uh, and and since then really helped um, cover a lot of that gap. In addition, with the various pandemic relief bills, state budgets got a lot of extra money for health care, for infrastructure, for unemployment insurance, for uh, additional food programs for children and families. So states had all of this extra money in their budgets to do with as they wanted to with some parameters. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all of that is going away. So there are a couple of really interesting stories out right now. Uh, One from Pew, it's research out that came out from Pew yesterday that says uh, for the first time since 2020, state governments must confront broadly shared budget challenges. Some of the most populous states, including California, New York and Pennsylvania, face among the most serious problems um, based on budget analysis analyses states published in late 2023, roughly half of Americans live in states that report short-term budget gaps, potential long-term deficits, or both. And this inventory almost certainly understates the scope of the problem because many states do not publish sufficient forward-looking data to meaningfully assess their their fiscal outlook. Um, Going over to Politico, um, it says, you know, The pandemic boom times are over for state lawmakers, and so is their ability to shower big buckets of cash onto top priorities like K-12 education while also slashing taxes and stocking away reserves. State budgets swelled by roughly 30 percent over a three-year span as the country grappled with the pandemic. Now states from Massachusetts to Indiana to California are facing falling revenues or lower than projected tax receipts for the first time since the economy screeched to a halt in 2020. Surpluses are vanishing. Why does this matter so much? Because unlike federal government deficits, it's a lot harder for states to just like get cash Mm -hmm. to, you know, issue bonds like you can get state and municipal bonds. Sure. But they are not as attractive to investors. They're not as easy. They're not as liquid, I don't think, in the same way. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Kai. But it's a lot harder for states to raise revenue quickly compared to, say, the federal government. Mm -hmm. And so when you see state budget shortfalls, especially in those states that have like requirements for a balanced budget, you pretty quickly start to see an immediate transition to reduction of services. And so this is something definitely worth watching. So. No, you're you're absolutely right on the whole raising revenue thing. Number one, and number two, just as a as a, a living example, as it were, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is as we speak delivering his speech on what he's going to do about the sixty eight billion dollar budget hole that we have here in the fifth largest economy in the world. So it's a real yeah. thing for for bleeping sure. You betcha. Yeah, there's a, a quote here uh, in the headline of the Politico art article. It was a mirage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All, All right. right. Let's get to some smiles ish. <laughs> 
All right, what do you got? Oh, Last of Us. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'll tell you why so it's funny in a minute. Go ahead. You and I are alike in that we do not like scary movies mm-hmm. or scary shows. Mm-hmm. I, in particular, do not like anything zombie-related. Amen, baby. Generally, zombie-related things, don't they? They don't just give me nightmares. They give me night terrors. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. like, wake up cold sweat. Things are chasing me, frightening. And, I mean, it just, like, gets into my subconscious in a really disturbing way. So... I have been reading, you know, for the last couple of years, how great The Last of Us mm-hmm. is and, you know, how wonderful it is and all these things. And and one of my friends, he was telling me, look, the scariest thing about The Last of Us is actually how the people behave. Oh, that's so funny. More so than how the zombies behave. And it's not that bad. So as I was taking down my Christmas decorations last night, and I, my anime, I was all caught up on the anime that I'm watching right mm-hmm. now. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. Oh, my God. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I, ca- really? I I faced my fear. I faced my fear. <laughs> and I watched all of the oh first season God. of The Last of Us. Oh, Finished my it God. about 4 a.m. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I did. I watched the whole thing from beginning to end. <laughs> and... I really liked it, and I wasn't that scared. Like there oh, were some, so there funny. were some moments where I was, I, I had to take a little walk, but for the most part, I liked it, and it was great. That's and then so I was funny. on Kotaku today, and I saw that they're already casting for season two, which I didn't even know there was going to be a season two, but I think I will actually watch it. So I'm smiling because I faced a fear, and I did not have night terrors in the three hours that I slept last night. Wow, I'm 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 gobsmacked. I'm I'm amazed. So so a very brief diversion, if I may, and I I promise yes. to only drop one name, and it will be just tangential. So okay. I am, I am a known Freddy cat, right? I haven't seen a scary yes. movie since I was 12 years old. God's honest truth, right? Okay. I don't do zombies. I don't do scary. I don't mm-hmm. do I don't do anything. I have think I have I think related on this podcast. The scariest movie I ever saw was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and the Child Catcher Guy and Oh My God, right? <laughs> that was creepy. That was actually Right? Creepy. Exactly. So, anyway, so my wife, so the guy who uh, created, along with the game maker, the guy who created the show, The Last of Us, Craig Mazin, is a family friend. Um, oh. And so he's the guy who did Chernobyl and just mm-hmm. super talented, great writer, amazing EP, right? If you haven't seen Chernobyl, you definitely tell should. Him, good job. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> but but so we, we find out Craig's doing The Last of Us and I'm like, oh, yeah, no. And my wife's like, of course, it's Craig. We have to watch it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sweetie, I am not watching that show. So we were out with Craig a while ago before he left for Canada to film this thing. And I'm like, dude, I love you, but I am not watching your show. And he blessed me and he said, you don't have to. I understand. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so he's a good guy. He's a good guy. But as a um, fellow scaredy cat, uh, no, I think absolutely not. You'll be okay. Absolutely no? not. Right. Absolutely not. There it is. Abs- I, leave it alone. I, I, I'm gonna leave I it alone. Will, I will not. There face are so my many other things to watch. You yes. live your life in happiness and peace. I will. All right. I will do that. All right, we're we're gonna bail on my smile because it's not really a smile. It's a more of a shake your head in a rueful manner, and we can save that for another day when it's actual news because it will surely be news. But let us go with me being a fraidy cat, okay. and, you, and you being braver than me. Take us out of here. <laughs> attempting every so often all right that is it for us today we are going to be back tomorrow until then you know how to get a hold of us uh you can send your thoughts questions or what you're afraid of and maybe what fears you may want to face in the new year uh comments to make me smart at marketplace.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 508 you be smart 
Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Today's program, as you might have been able to tell, was engineered by J.C. Bolt. <laughs> ben Tolliday and Daniel Ramirez composed our theme music. Our senior producer is Marissa Cabrera. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. I like it. It's kind of like Jay's like like fingerprints on the show when he yeah when he drives, you know it's, it's like good. Music That's just comes how you in know. quietly, sneaks up on you. That's how you know. Like I need a button that says "Stop complaining." Stop. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> oh man! John Stewart is back in the host chair at the Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on the Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcast.